All right. I would like to welcome you to the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. We have a very special segment going on today. Today we're going to talk about marriage, but not particularly marriage within itself. The question and the theme for today's uh, topic of discussion is, why did I get remarried? And to talk about this, I have brought my beautiful, my lovely wife, Miss Brandy Jackson. How you doing, Sugarfoot? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful, husband. How are you? I'm doing all right. So me and my wife have both been through divorces. And usually when someone is talking about getting remarried, they may have been through a divorce or they may have lost their spouse, meaning their spouse has passed away. So they're a widow and they're considering getting remarried. And we definitely hear about people that talk about marriage. Um, I would like to believe everyone that gets married, you go into a marriage believing that it is until death do you part. That the only time you see yourself separating from your mate is if they were to pass. But I don't think too many people go into marriage with the with the mindset of, oh, man, we might not make it one day. I would hope not. But as I was talking to my wife about it, you don't hear a lot of conversations about going through something like that. You hear about divorces, but if you get remarried, what was your process? What were your thoughts before you even consider getting remarried, before you even consider dating again? Because you just went through. A divorce, which might have been devastating. I've never seen anybody that went through a joyful divorce, but there was something very uh, painful, devastating about it. So me and my wife are going to talk about um, some of you may be here thinking, oh, they think going to talk about them. We might. But we really want to talk about how do we get to this point? What were our thoughts and process just to get to the point to decide that I want to be married again? So as I defer to my lovely wife, one of the first things that we want to talk about uh what was it like for you going through a divorce my love what was that i ain't saying you got to go through what uh, we went to court and all this but after being married and knowing that i'm finna get divorced what were your feelings starts uh within that moment i think for me going through that whole process of divorce being final and just knowing now I have to start over was a process because now where I had built some things with somebody, now I am now a separated person who has to think for myself, so to speak, who has to now figure out things for myself, for my children. So now it's like, how do I navigate being a single mother again? Because in all actuality, I was a single mother, got married. Now I'm a single mother again, trying to mm -hmm. navigate a single income household, trying to be there for my children, trying to figure out me now in this process, because now I have to figure out things for me. What are my, what are my likes, dislikes, things like that. So it was the whole starting over process for me like how soon do I get out there dating again or do I even want to date or even do I even want to revisit that process but coming from the process of divorce is final it's stamped judge send it over it's done now how do I navigate this new normal of being a single parent again and figuring out what works best for me 
Gotcha. And uh, we're we going to definitely come back to that topic, uh, kind of going into that the whole single parent thing and navigating life and dating. We're going to touch on that. Uh, for me, going through divorce, it was a uh, I was very embarrassed, very ashamed. Um, I was hurt because uh, this this family that I had built, this structure, what I had seen, what a family and marriage was supposed to be was all falling apart. I didn't quite understand why it was falling apart. Um, later on, I did understand why I did, but at that moment I didn't, I was angry, sad, you know, um, and then, like you say, you, you go into that part of now I'm just a single father, even though my kids initially stayed with their mom, just that fact of I've become that every other weekend dad, or is that going to be me? You know, when you're used to being with your children every day, seeing them wake up, seeing them go to sleep, and knowing who they're around, what's going on with them now, I don't know everywhere they're going to be. I'm, I'm not going to see them wake up. I'm not going to see them go to bed. I'm not going to be able to sit and do homework with them. Like, uh, I felt like a baby daddy. You know, I'm their father. Mm -hmm. So I went through all those things uh, mentally. The main thing, I was just angry because I'm like, you put all this time, resources, and things into this marriage. But, um, and I just felt like it was a waste. I was like, what's the point of getting me? And then for me, due to my family history of unsuccessful marriages, I felt like that the curse to me wasn't broken. The generational bloodline stuff, just so many people in my family have been married. Behind a problem getting married, there were a lot of divorces in my uh, family. So I felt like that that was something that I couldn't be. So that even made me more embarrassed. I just felt like that's an area of my bloodline that we are just not successful at. So that's why a lot of the shame uh, came in, you know, and I was worried about how people would look at me because, you know, I felt that I believe in marriage. I believe in the family. I believe in mom and dad both being in the home. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely an advocate for that. But to see all of that broken, it was like a death almost, like something like died in me because of that uh, process. And I was just, yeah, a lot, a lot of time being angry, a lot of time being sad, and a lot of time being embarrassed. Um for me um just uh that's that's what like going through the divorce and then the process of divorce was just agonizing just all the back and forth going to court lawyers all this stuff it's like it's easier to get married than it is to get divorced so that's even frustrating like it ain't nothing to get a marriage certificate and say i do but to go through a divorce that's a horrible process for anybody and this it, it was the worst for me because i felt like it, it shouldn't have taken all that that was my personal thing. So, yeah, that was my kind of experience, you know, without going into, you know, super details about it. But that's kind of how I felt at that moment at that time. And like you were saying, with the whole embarrassment thing, like nobody goes into marriage thinking, oh, I'm going to be divorced. Right. But then, like you, I, too, was a product of a divorce. My parents got divorced later on in my like into my teenage years. So. To me, I, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, you guys have put in all this work to now end up here. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of one of the things where it was like, okay, if these people couldn't make it, is this something I even want to trickle into? But I knew diff down inside, I wanted that union. I knew what it meant in the eyesight of God. But when everybody involved isn't putting in the work, then it's like, what are we holding on to? But at the same time, now that I'm not in that marriage anymore, moving forward, like you said, you got the people looking at you like, wow, what's going on? Or the questions might come. 
but then you have to be able to navigate that new normal by yourself. And then when you mentioned you being the baby daddy, like now everything's on me. You you went from seeing your kids every day to being that weekend or when I can get them father. Mm -hmm. And now me being a mother, we don't have that option. My kids are with me 24 seven. So my kids' fathers weren't active, so I can't give them. So you know what I'm saying? So there's that, okay, now I got to figure out how to decompress from the pressures of the day, but now I still got to be a mom. I still got to be the provider. I still got to be the emotional, this support, but now I got to still find myself in it. So, yeah. No, thank you for sharing that, babe, because um, it's important that, you know, as people listen, they see both sides of, you know, um, when fathers and mothers, husbands, wives go through divorces, uh, it affects us differently. Not just the emotional, mental side, but even like when there's, especially when there's children involved, like you said, sometimes that mother now becomes a single parent. Um, yeah, you had kids before you got married, but what about those women that they, all their children are based off that marriage. And so that her and that husband have built that life. And now she's stuck with the kids. This is my first time having experience as a single mother. So, and that guy, uh, some of them would say guys get off easier, but guys feel like we don't because we have to pay. It, it's, it's so much in that that goes on, but thank you for sharing that, you know, so people can see just kind of differently, you know, what they could possibly uh, went through. So as we went through our divorces, as I said, there's, there's, there's pain with that because nobody wants to go into a marriage and think that, oh my God, I'm going to get divorced one day. That, to me, that, that shouldn't be a thought in your mind when you're looking at the person across from you saying, I love you and I'm going to marry you. So I believe that in divorce, there is a, a pain. Uh, I believe everybody's pain is different. Everybody's hurt is different in it. But I believe there is pain. And before you can even think about dating or getting remarried again, hopefully you're conscious of the fact that you got to heal. So I would like for you, if, if you felt that there was pain in your um, situation, how was your process of of healing or de or were you aware that you had to heal? Oh no, definitely. I, I was very much aware that there had to be a healing process. If not for me to be able to move on to something new, just for me myself, because I can't be the best mother for my children in a broken space. So I just knew that there was some things that I had to deal with. And then with that separation came so much self-esteem issues it was like was I not good enough I mm, literally yeah. would sit and pick myself apart like why didn't he love me why was I not enough why it was so many why 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 but then through that healing process of me just stepping back and looking at the situation and realizing it wasn't me per se you know some things you have to just take accountability in the situation and see yourself in it and own your part but after you owned your part you also have to realize that that person had some things that they needed to deal with that had nothing to do with you and when i was able to detach the two things and remember and remind myself that his issues weren't my issues then i was able to slowly move forward and not put that so much on myself like my downfalls or my inadequacy in certain things because you want to be successful. You want to have this marriage that you stood before family and friends and God to be 
till death do you part. But when mm-hmm. certain things arise and that's not the case, now you got to figure out why it didn't happen. And for me, my fingers pointed to me. Why didn't I? Why wasn't I? How come I? And it's not necessarily a me thing that I had to come to the realization that it maybe wasn't totally all you, but it definitely wasn't solely all you. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I think that's big. I, I definitely, I'm going to touch on that too. Um, I, I was aware that I had to heal because I knew that before I even thought about ever getting remarried, I didn't want to take my baggage from my previous marriage on someone else, nor did I want to blame someone else for what I went through. Um, I can honestly say I didn't know how to heal at first because there was so much anger, so much bitterness on my end. This is all me. Um, my dad, uh, Pastor Charles P. Nelson, may God rest his soul. You know, he once told me before, he said, son, are you going to get married again? Stuff. I'm like, man, skip that, dude. I'm just hurt. I felt like I was damaged goods. Um, I didn't deal with like a lot of depression, but I think I dealt mainly with anger. But uh, yeah, uh, my healing process, I think the time when I moved to Texas for a year and when I was down there by myself, I had to face what I went through, uh, through the power of prayer. I was able to, you know, like you said, one thing I believe about divorce is it, you, it's very hard to solely blame it on one person. And I know some people may hear this and say, oh, I went through a divorce and I didn't do nothing. But I always believe there's something that maybe you didn't do nothing to make the other person react or do what they did. But it could have been something you could have done better. That's just my own personal opinion. Just as you, just as you uh, stated, love, it wasn't solely his fault. You wasn't solely your fault. But both people played a, a part in it um, somewhere. So the first thing I had to realize, I had to admit the role that I played in it. Things that I could have done better, things I might have done wrong. Uh, I got married at 22, very young. I was mature, but I can admit that I wasn't ready to be married. I wasn't ready to be a dad. It was a lot of stuff. Yeah, would I step up to the plate and do my best to be a husband and father? Absolutely. But was I ready? Had someone really sat and taught me that and sat and talked to me about marriage and family and all this stuff I had to do? Absolutely. I I was not ready, even though back then I thought I was at the age I am now. I look back at 22 year old me. I was fresh out of college. I was not ready to take on all that responsibility. So there were definitely some stages in my life where I was not mature enough. I made immature decisions, maybe said things out of turn. I definitely was not a very compassionate person, not a very loving person. Uh, You know, I was just a different person back then. So first thing I had in order to heal from that. I had to be honest about the mistakes I made. Then I had to forgive my ex-wife, you know, because sometimes you go through a a divorce, both people say and do things to each other just out of spite, out of bitterness, revengeful toward each other, because there's a lot of emotions on that rap. So I had to forgive so that I would be able um, to heal. And then I had to just tell myself positive affirmations that if I ever do think about getting married, that I could, you know, it could happen again. I'm not just going to sit here and just count it out, but I had to just take time to heal. Then I had to just, uh, I know one of the experiences I went through, through my divorce, I realized through my past marriage that I lost my identity. I didn't know who I was. I was so wrapped up in my kids and my marriage. I forgot who I was. I, I, to me, I was not growing and developing as a person. So that time alone, I began to find out who I was because I said, if I ever get married again, I never want to lose my identity. Yes, 
I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm all these things, but I can't forget who Jermaine is, who God called me to be. And I, I felt that I lost my identity. I lost my way into who I was. I lost like simple things. Uh, I didn't know, like, you know, it, when you have a family, you'll go grocery shopping and everything you get is really for your kids, other people. You forget what juice you like, what snacks you like. You, you eating the kids food. So it was just the little things I had to start. Like, what do I really enjoy to do? That when I'm not dealing with kids, I'm not dealing with my wife. What what are my hobbies? I didn't really have anything because everything was wrapped up in my family. So I, I had to. Uh, that was my healing process through a lot of prayer, a lot of honesty about me and myself, the situation. And then I had to find my identity again. And and that's kind of what helped me heal after the divorce and all of that was over and kind of put myself in a position just to think about possibly getting remarried. Absolutely. And I just want to touch on where you were saying you have to be able to find yourself again, because like you said, so many times and depending on the length of your marriage, you now, they always say two become one. Mm -hmm. So now everything that was you, as much as you try to keep your individuality in some things, you mesh together and now you're building on that one foundation where you have husband, wife, children, everything every day that it's so easy to lose yourself in it. So that was one of the things that I had to go through that I didn't even realize. I didn't know the simple things about me. Like, what what do I like to eat? Like you said, whatever the kids are eating. Mm -hmm. what, what are my hobbies? I don't, I'm looking at myself at 30 something years old, like, girl, what do you like to do? Or what places do you like to go? Or the idea of sitting. One of the things that when we were talking that you gave me was dinner for one. Go to a restaurant, sit by myself and eat. Oh, nobody. No, I'm yes. not doing that. Dinner for Isn't one. That looking all lonely and desperate. No, <laughs> but it is some of the best time ever with yourself. Date yourself. And that's what I had to learn how to do. And mm -hmm. when I got comfortable with me, it was so much easier to be able to move through that healing process. And like I said, my main focus during that time was just trying to find myself, heal myself so that I could be the best version of me for my kid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I like how you ended that off, babe, because, yeah, that was another factor. I had to heal because I, I couldn't allow my kids to see me in a broken state anymore. And that kind of motivated me to push myself that I got to do better uh, because my kids saw me hurting and I didn't want them to see their dad like that. I wanted them to know that. I'm still dad that this situation sucks, but I still have to be strong uh, for my baby. So uh, that was very important, too. OK, so uh, went through divorce. Both uh, talk about, you know, you, you got to have a healing process for those that are listening that are coming into the uh, New Beginnings podcast with Jay Jackson. Please understand that healing is uh, very important. Don't, don't rush into something else. You know, I, I don't want y'all to look at me and my wife. They go, they, they think they some counselors or something. No, we're not. We're just two people sharing our story and our experience. And, and we definitely know of other people that have been through this and we've heard their stories and shared their experiences and stuff. And it has helped us. We've helped them. So we're just hoping as you listen to this, that it's going to help you also. So once you were healing, got comfortable with yourself, let's talk about what were those initial thoughts when someone might have presented, hey, you ever think about getting married again? What were some of those initial thoughts? 
if I could just be totally transparent, I think that's what this uh, foundation you're building is about transparent. I wasn't thinking about it at all. <laughs> I didn't want a relationship. I didn't want anything because like you said, although we're healing, we still had that baggage and my mind had con you know, consciously understood I'm divorced. I am no longer with this individual. I, it's okay to want to go out and date. It's okay. But because of the hurt or just the plan of the replaying the hurt. So I'm, you know what? I don't even want to set myself up for that. So for a long time, I was okay with being by myself. And even when I would be out or people would be like, oh, don't you want, I got this person who'd be good for you. No, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm good for me. <laughs> my kids is good for me. But then I had to think about as I'm getting older, my kids are getting older too. And I'm just going to be here in the house with me and my thoughts. I might want to mm -hmm. contemplate. But I was initially turned off at the idea of dating marriage, let alone marriage. I was, yeah, that's that. Yeah. I, I was okay with I would be the most I could even give thought to was being a dater and I wasn't trying to be in a serious relation. I'll be a serial dater forever, but I was like, no, nah, marriage, yeah, tried that, didn't want to do it again. But other than that, but look at God, look at us. <laughs> oh, look at God, look at us. Uh and we gonna get to us, uh definitely. But uh I'm I'm with you, love. Uh yeah. Initially, I didn't wasn't thinking about getting remarried. Uh, like I said, my my dad, my former pastor, who was like a father to me, was all oh, son. You going? Man, I ain't trying to hear about marriage. I ain't trying to go through that again. It could end the same way. Yo, I'm good. You know, I I wasn't even thinking about dating. I was like, it's me and my kids. Raise my kids up. You know, I wasn't that dude that had a lot of females when I was single. I was about my business. Even when I went to college about my schoolwork, I wasn't out here being promiscuous and trying to date everybody. I, I was never that person. So I had no problem being by myself. It, it was okay. So no, after going through a divorce, having to go through that healing, I was like, the last thing I'm thinking about is getting remarried, you know, and then I don't even want to date because now you got to learn a whole new person. You know, you trying to fill them out. They're trying to figure you out. Like I said, at that time, I was trying to figure myself out. So I didn't have the time to figure me out, figure you out, what your intentions are, what your, it was just too, I didn't want to put in that type of work. It was easier just to keep working on me, dealing with my kids. That was easier for me. So initially I had no plans to get remarried uh, right away. I had no plans to date. I didn't want to talk to nobody. Yes. Naturally. People look good to you. You're attracted to people. Just like you, babe. People, oh, man, man, you got to try this. No, nah, I don't want nobody setting me up. Don't set me up with nobody because at, at that time, you don't know what I like. I'm still trying to figure out what, what I like because mm -hmm. when you go through a divorce, one thing you come out of that, you may not want. It's one thing about the situation, but you may not want that same type of person. Not saying something wrong with them. You might want something different. So you got to figure all this out. And at that time, I didn't want to put in that work to figure all that out because I didn't know what I liked anymore because I felt what I liked did not work out the first time. So I'm like, I don't definitely want the same thing again. I don't know, I don't know if I want something different. So I said, instead of trying to focus on that, I'm going to focus on me. 
focus on raising my kids, trying to reestablish my life, you know, my, my mental, my spiritual, my financials. Let me try to just figure out life right now. But no, initially I had no thoughts about, I didn't get on my divorce like, yeah, all right. When I was going through the album, so I'm going through this separation divorce. All I don't think about is getting remarried. Heck no. I just want this stuff to be over. So that, that initially that were my thoughts. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so we talked about our initial thoughts about getting remarried. Now, if you look at both of us sitting here um, almost seven years later, you know, happily married. I hope, I hope you're happy. Are you happy? I'm happy. I'm happy. Okay, I'm I just want to make sure. I want to ask you here on this national audience, make sure you still happy. <laughs> yeah, hey. <laughs> At what point did you know that you were ready to date and possibly consider getting remarried? I can't even say that I was ready to date. Like, because I wasn't dating. I take that back. I did go on one date and then I was just like, mm, like by that time when I was like, okay, I'm okay with trying to put my foot in the little shallow end of the pond. I was my, like, my guard was so up. Like if you would have breathed extra hard, you could have got cut off. Like I was so particular about what I was not going to allow in my space that I think my checklist was so long and structured. <clears throat> there was no way for anybody to infiltrate that box that I had built for myself. So like any little thing, I think at one point I was actually like self-sabotaging. So I could say, see, didn't even work. I'm supposed to be by myself. So when out of the blue, a conversation and a phone call, just as simple as, hey, how you're doing? And conversation of nothing intended, just genuine conversation mm -hmm. was like, wait, wait a minute. What is this developing here? But I still couldn't put anything on it because we were in two separate states. I'm like, oh, this is just my friend. We having a good conversation. So I really wasn't even open to dating until possibly, I think maybe even when we started having our conversation. I was confused at the feelings that I was having because I'm like, this is my friend. I don't think I'm supposed to be liking my friend like this. But yeah, even up until we start talking, I didn't want to deal with nobody because I was just too on the fence about when is the other, you know, that too good to be true. Like everybody mm -hmm. showed a better version of themselves until they get comfortable and then the real them. I didn't want to see the real anything at that time. I was like, okay, you breathing too hard. You chewing on the right side of your mouth. No, we're good. <laughs> okay. Cause I, we're going to jump in. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about mine. We're going to jump into, you said something about your checklist and something I want to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about these non-negotiables. Uh, I, I know for me, once I knew that I had healed, I wasn't exactly say I was ready to get remarried, but I my mind was open to the possibility of it. Mm. I felt like if I do find interest in someone, I'm at the point where I can look at that person for who they are. I'm not going to compare them to my past situation. I'm not going to compare them to my ex. If me and this person start dating, if I find interest in someone, it's basically giving them a clean slate. I'm not taking nothing from my past because that was one of my uh, biggest worries and or fear 
that I was going to find somebody that I like, compare them to my ex, compare them to the situation. Okay, starting out this way, trying to make sure I don't start out that relationship like I started out the last. Once I understood that I had healed from everything, that if I do take interest in someone, it's about taking that time to get to figure that person out, taking that time to have conversations, taking that time to understand them, where they came from, their relationships, their past. You know, one thing I could definitely say in my uh, first meeting, I didn't take that. I didn't take time. I didn't take time to get to know uh, the person. So I knew that I didn't want to rush. So it, I knew at some point once I had got past the forgiveness, the hurt, the pain, got past all of that. I basically told myself, if I do find somebody that I have feelings for, I am open up because I, I knew I wasn't going to be no dude just dating somebody forever. I'm not going to date, you know, five, 10 years. I wasn't that type of guy. I, I believe in marriage. I believe what God says about marriage. God says that uh, the Bible says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. He obtains the favor of the Lord. So I was never that dude that was going to just cohabitate with some female. We just for the playhouse and live up. My kids coming over your kids. Uh, you know, I was never that type of person that if I'm going to be with you on the one roof, then we have to be married. Um, just strictly off the biblical standards of it. That's what I uh, stood and lived by. So there were just some things that I just weren't going to do. So I said, um, basically, if I was interested in someone and down the road, if you ain't talking about marriage, I mean, yeah, I was I was kind of saying I'll do it again, but it kind of led me into those non-negotiables because I was like you. I had a list that if I do find interest in somebody, are we going to talk? Like, I ain't going to put demands on you, but this is what I'm about this is what i'm going to deal with this is not what i'm not this is what i'm not going to deal with so when i had that checklist kind of together kind of together i knew that okay now now that i was out there purposely seeking for anyone but someone catches my eye we have a little conversation we'll see what happens so obviously miss jackson you know you you caught my eye you know <laughs> down the road but before we get to that, let, 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 let's go back to that, that checklist, those non-negotiable. What, what was like that initial um, checklist for you? I mean, I technically know it because I'm your husband. I'm with you. And we went over our non-negotiables. But for those that are in that realm of you're thinking about getting remarried, you've healed past the hurt, you're ready to move on in that area of your life. Um, I think a suggestion for me and Miss Jackson, have your non-negotiables. Ha have your non-negotiables. What? you want what you're looking for what you're like just don't settle for anything because some people i believe go through divorces uh even those that are widows and stuff and you just want to be with somebody because you don't want to be alone but have your standards have whatever you're going to put together to make sure that i'm with the right person for whatever the reason is so what were your uh initial non-negotiable what was your checklist as you say I think for me, just to say it is to say it, oh, the simple things. But in all actuality, it was very simple for me. Like I wasn't caught up in the tall, dark and handsome, although I think I got all of those without even that right. having that on my list. <laughs> I, I couldn't be I couldn't be like blinded by the physical attributes of that person. Mm -hmm. Of course, you want somebody that looks nice. And, you know, is appealing to your eyes, but I can't let that be the sole focus of what I'm doing 
if and when I decided to say, hey, I'm out here. But the, 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 the number one thing for me, because that was one of the number one things that was the demise of my marriage, I needed someone that I could trust. Right. Well, I needed someone that I could laugh with, that I could talk to. I needed someone that was going to be my best friend, even after us maybe possibly trying to embark on this relationship, even if it didn't work per se, I knew I still had a friend there. So someone who I knew loved the Lord, number one, because to, I mean, I'm not saying unequally yokes don't work, but I, I tried that. And we were standing in front of the judge on top of some other things. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I didn't want, I knew what I didn't want to do. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and some things just was not something that I was going to waver on. You know, some people, oh, he got to have a job. He got to have six figures. He got to, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to work with you on some things. But I just know for me, I tell my, my kids will tell you anytime, it's, it's certain people I don't like, liars, cheaters. Stillers, in the words of my daughter, as for she was five years old and could say it, stillers. Mm -hmm. and like, I'm, I don't need you lying to me. You're not going to be cheating on me and thinking I'm going to be okay with that. So right. if you have any of those tendencies or anything in you look like that, yeah, we're going to have to keep on pushing. But just keep it 100 with me. That was one of the things that we just keep it 100. Tell me the truth. Because some people, what was that line in the movie? I tell, baby boy, I tell you lies. Because I'm trying, I don't want to hurt you. Don't no hurt me with the truth. Tell me the truth and let me be able. But I need Real someone talk. that's gonna be honest with me all the time, you know, even when it's good, bad, or we be able to talk it out. So just certain things like that for me were big, but could be considered small things, but it was some things that I weren't gonna waver on because the minute you lie once, you'll lie again, you'll lie again. And now you got to keep it. And I'm not that person. I'm not a detective. So I'm not going to keep trying to filter through your lies. So it's just certain things that I wasn't going to back down on. But there were certain things that I said, this is what I'm building my new foundation on that I'm not going to waver on. Thank you, love. Uh, many of my non-negotiables, as you know, were just like yours. Uh, trust was a big thing. Um, I definitely didn't want nobody lying to me. Uh, I think one thing we talked about when we were in our stage of, as you could say, Dave was be, be a hundred. We're going to keep it 100, no matter what, even when it hurts, you know, I don't want a marriage built off secrets and lies and some big comes out or this happened. You know, you, you hear people get divorced all the time. Cause a person was cheating for a number of time. People was somebody was spending all the money or had a gambling problem. It was all this crazy stuff. They were lying about this, had an outside family. It's all the weird, all the weird stories you done heard. Just be 100 with me. If you don't want to be with me, let me know before we say I do. Don't get me and be like, well, I'm going to get like, like you said, oh, this guy, I can have a come up in life. I marry him. He got money. Or oh, some guys think, well, I'll get with this woman, marry her because she got a come up. No, I'm not your come up. Be honest with me. If you don't want to be with me, for uh, richer or poor, sickness and health, you know, there's things we're going to go through and I need your support that I might go down. I need you to be there for me. You might go down. I need to be there for you. Like I said, there were some areas in marriage because I want to I would say when you get married, understand the vows that you take. Because those vows you take somewhere in life, and I heard somebody say this, you're going to be tested to see if you really understood the vows that you took. 
You're going to have some rich and poor moments. You're going to have some uh, sickness and health moments. What if your mate gets sick? How are you going to react to that? And I know there were areas where I can say in the past when I first got married, I did not understand the vows I was taking. I didn't because when I was tested in those areas, I can be honest, I failed the test. And I know I did. But the second time around, I was mature enough to understand that if I'm going to say these vows and she going to say these vows, I hope and pray we both can honor them down to the T. Not saying it won't be hard. Not saying it won't be challenging. But I'm going to honor and be committed to the vows that I made. I wasn't mature enough to do that the first time around. So, you know, that uh, trust, honesty, uh, definitely I'm, I'm like my wife, equally yoked. My my faith in God, I just don't believe in God. I, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. We, we got to be the same in that. Because, yeah, like she said, can unequally yoked people work? Yes, they can. It's, it's about marriage is work. If you're going to put the work in, if y'all going to compromise, y'all may believe two different things. You may come in there, but if y'all willing to put the work in and that is not a conflict in your marriage, that's fine. My preference, remember, this is <laughs> these are our negotiables. My preference is I prefer somebody to believe what I believe. You know, when it comes to the Bible, come to God, Jesus Christ, believe what I believe. Because my goal is to raise our house. We got children now. I want to raise my kids. Yes, all children are going to have a time in their life where they can believe in what they want to believe. They can make their own choices. But the Bible says to train them up in the way that they should go. So when they go, so when they get old, they won't depart from it. So that was very important to me. A mother to my kids. Yes, my kids have their natural mother. She's not going anywhere. But I understood coming into a blended family. So I had to consider if I get married again, the woman I married may have her kids and I got kids. So my goal was to put present myself that not only am I a husband and not saying that if her kids have their dad or not, but I knew nine times out of 10, her kids are going to be living with us. So I still have to be a father figure, not only to my kids, to her kids. And I need that woman that when my kids come over, over the weekend, whatever, I need you to be a mother. That does, doesn't disregard their other parent, but I need those same motherly vibes that you have. Show that same love, consideration to my children, because at that time in my life, my children, it was God, my kids. And I definitely believe once I got married, like I said, my kids now, hey, dad's going to get remarried. It's God, my wife, then my children. The Bible says, husband, love your wives as Christ has loved the church and he gave his life for it. So after my relationship with God, my wife is next. Love my kids. Don't get me wrong. Anybody that knows me know I'm a dedicated father, but I don't put my kids above my wife. So that was very um, important. And then just somebody that's going to gonna work and support each other. Let's build something together. Let's, let, let's build a future. Let's build a life. Let's build our retirement. Let's build something together now let's let, let's work together and i think another one of one of my main non-negotiables was never stop loving me you're not gonna like me all the time i'm not gonna like you all the time we're people i think uh i heard somebody say during the pandemic a lot of us found out we really like the people we live with because we were enclosed a lot but like i said be 100 honest i ain't gonna like everything you say but that don't mean I stop loving you. You know, some people will say love hurts. I ain't going to say that. But I believe in marriage, you're going to go through some rough times. You can look me in my face and tell me, hey, I don't like you right now. I get it. Maybe I'm being a jerk in that moment. But long as you love me, our love will overcome this moment where we dislike one another. Our love will overcome 
this moment where maybe I'm not listening, where maybe as a man I'm being bullheaded, my pride is getting before me. Maybe as a woman, I might see you as too emotional at this moment. Whatever the case may be, maybe we're both just refusing to hear the other. We're both being very stubborn right now. But I'm not going to let a bad moment make me feel like, oh, man, this marriage over. I'm going to go talk to somebody else because she tripping. That's ridiculous. I love you. Because I always tell my wife this. Well, my wife, my, you know, y'all see her. That I can't argue or dislike or hate my wife because I feel like I'm hating myself. We're one. Yes, we're two individuals, but we're one. So if I got an attitude with her, I got an attitude with myself. Because we're an extension and we stand side by side. So I'm not, I don't believe at this stage of my life in marriage that I'm finna be mad at somebody. I don't want to go to bed mad. I ain't finna lay in the bed with an attitude. And nah, that's all ridiculous to me. Now, for those people that disagree, that's fine. But and this is my partner. This, this is this is this is my ace. This is my one. So I'm not finna sit here and go back and forth with me. You know, yes, I, do we have some differences? Absolutely. I think our differences complement each other. But as long as you don't stop loving me, what did a uh, music soul child say? As long as your love don't change. You know, we might both gain some weight. We both might lose some hair. There's going to be some physical changes about me and her. But no, I ain't finna stop loving you because of that. And that's what I always tell my wife. I fell in love with her conversation. So it doesn't matter what changes on her physically. And definitely, I definitely think she one of the baddest chicks in the world. The baddest to me. You know what I'm saying? She's my number one. But I always tell her, if you lose other things, physical appearance, you can lose a lot of stuff. I said, I just couldn't handle not being able to talk to you because I fell in love with her personality, her conversation, her mind. That's what I fell in love with. And as long as I got that, and I ain't worried about nothing else. We'll get through it together. But yeah, that was one of my biggest non-negotiables that no matter what we go through, long as we love because when you get married, a lot of things and outside force going to try to come and destroy marriage because the devil hates marriage. Absolutely. So he's going to allow and try to throw all this stuff at you. That's fine. Whatever we go through, as long as I look across and I got you and you love me and I love you, man, we make it over anything. So, you know, those, those are my main ones. And it was one of those things when you brought that to the table. I'm like, as long as you love me, you might not like me. But as long as I'm like, is that not how can you like that was like a big debate between I'm like, can't, I can't like if I don't like you, I don't but you ha you have to understand the concept of what love is. God is love. Mm -hmm. So like he said, I might not like you in this moment. You might completely be showing your whole full tale about whatever the disagreement is. But my love for you has not changed. You know what I'm saying? So we're right. going to be able to work through whatever the issues are. And that was when you explained it to me in that instance, I was like, okay. So now there is a separation because each moment we go through, we might not see eye to eye. We might not be on the same page, but that doesn't mean I don't love you any more or less. So because I love you, that means I'm going to put the work in so that we can work through. So we can come up, come out triumphant mm -hmm. in these situations that sometimes are meant to break and end certain things. But we know that we're not going to bed angry with each other. You are not an arguer, even though sometimes it rises up in me. I just know <laughs> there's no need to argue with somebody who's not going to argue. This man ain't going to give you a good one, whether you want to or not. Nah, so nah. you're making me 
better in some areas. And like you said, we are just growing every day with each other, but our love is the foundation of everything that we've said. So yeah, we're not going to be going back and forth. We might not see eye to eye, we might, but we do have to come to that happy, happy medium and be able to coexist so that we can move forward and continue to grow with this marriage. Absolutely, love. Absolutely. That's that's why one of our favorite sayings, I believe we heard on the moves that I am you, you are me, and we are one forever. So that's one of our favorite things that uh, me and her uh, go by. And before we end this episode of this podcast, as we uh, do the celebration of marriage, I hope you all have enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Now, Miss Jackson, you've been almost remarried for seven years now. How's that experience? what, What has it been like for you? You know, seven years remarried. You know, you so you actually got to that point. You remarried uh, somebody, this uh, nice young gentleman sitting, uh, you know, to the side of your screen. How's that experience been for you over the last seven years? It's been all right. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, but no. Like in all seriousness, like this, I always tell you. I wouldn't want to do this thing called marriage. I wouldn't want to do this thing called life right now with anybody but you. So, I mean, you make me better. You make me want to be better. I'm, I love you for loving me. I love you for how you love on our children, especially because we are a blended family and you came with and I came with, but we love them all like they're ours. And I just love the foundation that we are building, mm-hmm. the examples that we are giving. And just the day-to-day with you is just such an exciting ride. Like, I don't do roller coasters, but I'm going to do this roller coaster called Jermaine Jackson. And I love it. <laughs> oh, thank you, sweetie. Um, so these past seven years have been great for me. Uh, be the Lord's will in December of this year. We'll make seven years of marriage. And I, I believe uh, the Lord, I pray he will grant us that time to celebrate. Uh, it's been great. Um, through you, I've understood that I can be loved unconditionally. And I'm glad that I opened my heart up to be loved again. Um, with you, I've learned that I can be myself and that you don't have to front to be somebody else. That you accept me uh, for me. All everything about me, the good, the bad, the difficult, the sweet, the kind, everything. And, you know, you always encourage me to be myself. Um, You've been so great in my life in the last seven years. In the last seven years, two, three of my biggest supporters I lost was my mom, uh, my dad, Pastor Charles P. Nelson, and my sister, Regina. Um, I don't know how I would have made it through those losses, uh, even though you were not in my life when my mom died. But the impact she had that I the conversations I would have had with her if she was here, I have those conversations with you. No, am I saying my wife's like my mother? No, but there are I don't share everything with everybody, but there's nothing that I have for my wife. And there were certain conversations that I would have my mom. She's not here with my sister, with my dad. I can have those with my wife, my wife, uh, you brand, you are my best friend. And um, you have fulfilled me in a way that I didn't know that I could be uh, fulfilled. You have given me a different outlook and experience in marriage um, that I've um, never had before. I'm thankful to God that he healed me so that I could appreciate uh, what we have. And I'm glad that I did get remarried and that I didn't allow the fear of getting divorced again, the fear of messing up, the fear of being a statistic 
that I was able to overcome all that fear because that fear didn't come from God. You know, that I had a sound enough mind. I had enough love in my heart to reciprocate the love that you gave to me. So uh, these seven years have been amazing. And each year is only getting better and better. I'm loving you um, more and more. Um, Always tell people that uh, you are the one that makes my heart smile. It's not just about my face, but um, you've never brought pain to my heart um, ever on any occasion. You know, even at times if I've misunderstood you, didn't quite understand, you know, why she acted this way, this and that. Um, One thing I've learned in marriage is that a lot of times, even if we have had our difference of opinion or as we say, our heated fellowship. When I really look at the situation, I'm not even mad at her about nothing. But it's crazy when you start realizing all the outside stuff that tries to infiltrate your marriage. So we've built we've built and are building something to where we're not going to allow anything, anyone to break this, you know, for what God has put together. Let no man put asunder. So and I believe God has blessed us. And um, I'm looking forward to what we have in the future. And I just believe the the, the best is yet to come um, for us. And I and I know I, I love you, babe. And you. I'm glad that when I had the question you know, why did, why do I get remarried? Why will I get remarried? I'm just glad that I did get remarried. And I'm glad that the the person I chose to be with is you. And I love you too. And I wouldn't want to do it. Like I said, I wouldn't want to do this thing called marriage with anybody but you. And it has been my pleasure to be your wife for these almost seven years. I'll watch out then. I should have put Yes, ma'am. All right, y'all. So I want to thank y'all for joining us in the New Beginnings podcast with uh, Jay Jackson. Um, please, y'all already know what to do. Go to that YouTube page, New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. Hit me on my Facebook, Jermaine Jackson. You can catch this episode uh, there, other episodes. You can definitely go to your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, all these different podcast platforms. Uh, please, uh need y'all to follow, like, subscribe. Uh, share it if you know somebody else's message might be good for this conversation um, let us know if you want more conversations about this from me and my wife uh, if you want to hear from other couples uh, you know you got couples out there that's been in the 30 some years 20 some years you know if you want to hear from them about how to uh, sustain America trust me these seven years that we we going through trust me we got some people around us who've been in the game way longer and we and we stay learning we stay developing we stay getting better so let me know what type of content you want to hear about marriage, and we're going to do our best to bring it to in depth. If you want to hear more from me and Ms. Jackson, if you want to hear about the blended family, how we're managing uh, through that, you know, we want to bring those episodes to you. Hey, we love y'all. This is the New Beginnings Podcast with Jay Jackson. This is the celebration of marriage, and we'll check y'all next time. All right, talk to y'all later. Bye.